You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, what can I say? Yeah, the market's down. A few markets recovered a little bit, but one thing that was down from early morning to now was the S&P down around about 0.9% or something. Why this negativity suddenly? It's nothing new. It's just relentless. Mm. Um, By relentless, I mean, you can't find one bullish comment. You know, Lindsay, I took The Economist this weekend and I thought, okay, let me me do my normal reading. And every article that I picked up from an article on Goldman Sachs to Amazon to the economy to U.S. corporate earnings were exceptionally bearish. Just, you know, just, just pointing out. Um, a whole lot of negative news around these businesses. You know, Goldman Sachs, they trashed. You know, Amazon gave warnings, the economy, and, and all along saying that the market is mispricing, you know, by going up in, this, in January, it's mispriced uh, itself, particularly against the, the news that we're going to get, which is a complete downfall of corporate earnings. You know, warning Warning what's warning what's happened in 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 uh, corporate in corporate you know the beware costs are rising further than sales uh, you know wages is an issue I'm trying to think of some of the other points I mean you know consumers are getting a bit tired and not spending uh, they're raining in so all these points I've said but we know that you know analysts would have looked at this a long time ago and started to to build it into their models unless they're not worth their salt, you know, unless they're overpaid and underperform. So I think a lot of that news, a lot of what we're getting on the corporate side, um, in my view, has been uh, already factored in. But this morning, Morgan Stanley came out, uh, you know, with their weekly note or whatever they do, the same kind of thing, you know, giving grave warnings about what lies ahead uh, you know, don't buy the rally, I think, because that was their headline is, you know, the Fed looms, they, def- you know, don't go in defiance of the Fed and so on. So that's what we're having to deal with. Now, you know, Lindsay, if, if, if you're a consumer and everybody's telling you, you know, you're going to buy something and say, don't be a schmuck, you know, the prices are going to come down, there's, there's trouble ahead and so on. Of course, you're going to hold back. You're going to say, okay. You know, all right, I'll hold back. I'm not going to do anything. The negative rhetoric is actually influencing yeah. not only a firm, they might be wanting to expand the company or build a new plant yeah. or something. They say, no, wait a second, let's just let things settle down a bit. Just as the consumer, as you've just illustrated, yeah. would do exactly the same. You get infused with this negativity. Totally, totally. You know what? You're not going to do that. You're sitting around a boardroom table and you want to buy a new machine and... Uh, you know, nine people out of ten there are telling you, listen, think we're going into a recession, you know, which they've been saying for the last six months. The Fed's not going to stop raising rates. You know, money's going to get more expensive. And all these warnings are thrown at you. So, okay, all right, you know, we'll hold back. Yeah. We're not going to do anything. So it becomes self-fulfilling. And, I mean, this, these negative views have been with us for six months plus more. Mm. You know, there's this – it's it's – the when I try and explain, I think I think uh, we saw massive gains in January. We saw the uh, S and P up five percent. I think the Nasdaq up maybe ten percent. Our market in Johannesburg was up almost ten percent. It's driven by China. It's also driven by the warm winter in Europe. 
uh, inflation's coming down, supply chains are easing, and so on. So I think there has been that news that's creeping in, and I think the more that kind of news creeps in, I think the more confident people will feel behind you know, the scenes saying, okay, you know, things are getting better. We don't know when inflation is going to come down to this magical 2%. No one can really read it. We don't quite understand the labor markets, but uh, um, you know, maybe we've been a little too pessimistic. But I think a lot of, a lot of uh, um, commentators, strategists from the big banks and in big big banks, I'm talking investment banks. I think they're all they're all talking their book in this sense, and uh, it's a bit too early for them to to pull back, you know. Then so I just I, I personally I just okay I'm not going to do anything. Let me let me ride this one out. Let me just hold back and uh, keep looking at the corporate earnings. Is there anything that worries me in the structure of this company? No, but I'm not going to rush in and buy. Yes, and the danger is, of course, is as you say, they'd be talking their book. So if everyone or the majority of banks and brokerages and um, you know glamorous mm. celebrity investors, if they're all thinking the same thing, then it's often the time mm. where the market says, right, the market's oversold, and you get a fairly decent bounce back. That sometimes yep. happens, doesn't it? When, it? when there's a consensus. That's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's going to happen, Lindsay, you know, because if, if, you're, if you're negative, if you're talking to me, and you've positioned, you're out already. You would have you would have taken your position six to eight months ago. Well, I'm sorry, you know, certainly over the last four or five months, you would have said, okay, I'm out. Mm. I'm done. You know, I'm not going to buy this market. We don't know where inflation's going. The Fed's still talking tough. Um, corporate earnings are going to come down. Uh, I'm out. You know, I'm going into cash or I'm going into bonds, whatever I'm doing. So you would have been positioned. So if you look at the majority of, and I say majority, it's almost uh, universal. They're all, every one of the big houses that we listen to from Morgan Stanley to JP Morgan to Goldman Sachs, you name it, keep going, you know, strings of them are all positioned, are all underweight U.S. economy. They're underweight tech. Um, they're long cash. I don't know what else they're long of. So what do you do when the market things start to improve? You know, you've got to come in. You're going to embarrass yourself. So I think, I, I don't know, I, I just don't get the feeling that, that things are as bad as the headlines seem to suggest. You know, I don't think there's, uh, I think corporates are, the one thing is corporates are very well structured, meaning that their balance sheets are strong. They've got plenty of cash. Uh, yes, admittedly, interest rates are going up, and therefore, if they are borrowed, they might be feeling a little bit of pressure, but they're not borrowed. You know, it's only some of the more vulnerable businesses, uh, smaller businesses that might have overextended themselves. But by and large, they've got plenty of cash and can easily see through difficult times. And I think that the same applies to householders. So, yeah. I, I, you know, we wait on the side. You don't, you don't, you don't have to be a pioneer and, you know, go get scalped by these people. Just just hold back. That's what markets are. It's an off-season, you know. What have you done then? I mean, are you going to wait for the turn? Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm doing, Lindsay? I'm looking at businesses that that um, I think the themes are the same. If, if we think about it, um, there's still this massive move towards decarbonisation, meaning – 
zero, uh, you know, zero emissions. Yeah. And companies have to, companies and countries have to position themselves. So enormous amounts are going to be spent on alternative energy. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe in it or not, you know, you can be cynical, and I'm not saying you particularly, but under the meaning that it's going to happen. You know, it, it, it's going to continue. So that, that, that's a theme. The whole health is still a theme. There's still um, people are getting older. They need more attention. Uh, you saw it in, 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 in China recently. Um, birth rates are starting to drop. It's going to affect uh, – it means that people are going to get a lot older and require a lot more medical attention. But there's also a move to improve technology and medicine, improve drugs. So those themes continue. You know, we're not going to stop those themes. And what I'm trying to do is, you know, I'm just looking at new businesses and saying, uh, kind of almost stress testing businesses that you go through and say, this looks pretty good. I like it. Does it tick the boxes? Yes. Well, let's watch it. You know, I don't want to go in now, but I think I've identified a few businesses that, 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 um, I listen, it's not always what, what I'm trying to say. It's not always uh, my ideas. I pick them up from other people. I say, okay, let me go and look at these businesses. And there's still some very good operations out there that can survive and prosper even under these conditions. Mm, I suppose. These are not unique. You know, the whole, these are not unique in the sense that for generations we lived with interest rates, you know, high interest rates. So, are you talking um, South Africa-specific stocks here? Are you talking about? No, no. no oh, okay. No, global. Because I was going to say, it won't take you long to look at uh, the JSE mm-hmm. and find yeah. uh, the sort of company you just described. Can't find them. No. I, I really can't find them here. Um, it's 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 not easy. I think, the, Lindsay, I promise you, oh, and 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 I say it with a heavy, heavy heart. Mm. Joburg is almost. It, it, I can't explain. It's like it's like you know. I I don't want to use the example. It's like a war town that's been devastated by by whatever. You know, there's no electricity. I mean, we're getting. We're in stage four. I don't know what that means, four, six hours a day. And the ongoing life without, uh, without electricity is killing. But then you've got water problems. You know, the water pipes are bursting that can't be fixed. And to give an example, I was at a restaurant on Saturday night. And I, and, and, and I say this to listeners as, a, as, a, as an illustration. And this, it's a popular restaurant. The food was superb. So no matter what, what I'm going to tell you, they still managed to get out with uh, really good food. Where was uh, it, David? Please tell me which this one. Is, this is Bellagio, in, which is run by um, Louise Castle. Now, Louise's father used to be a stockbroker. Right. In, he worked for Maxi Borkham down in Durban. Right. Um, so she's, I've known her for, she was on the floor. And her, you know, it's a lovely restaurant. It really is. And... Uh, Louise, um, you know, because because I've known her for long, just was chatting to her, and she said, you know, we haven't had water for three days. No, you can't live we like have, that. You can't live like that, David. We have. She said, I go to my house, and bless her if I'm quoting her, and I hope she doesn't mind. But she says, we went. She went to her house in Parktown North, and she said she got like buckets, you know, which she had to transport to the restaurant. First of all, to use in the toilet, so you can flush them, mm. you know, for 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 customers. And uh, the other thing is, of course, for the dishes, you know, to soak the dishes and do things. Yes. But not only that, she said that the generator is costing her that day, she said, you know, 1,300 rand in, in diesel. Now, 
for a restaurant, you know, for her to try and survive against these, this was never on the card. This is not normal that you can't get running water, you know, and you can't get electricity and you have to generate. But why I, why I raised it, it's a little business. I mean, she's, I'm sure she's doing well despite this, or I hope she's doing well. I really do. But this is a kind of strain that you face as a business person. I was talking again, another incident yesterday to a, to a friend of mine who's in the property area. And he was telling me about, you know, some of his colleagues or some people that he knows quite well who are, who are in manufacturing. He says they cannot survive. He says, first of all, the diesel for the generators is now killing them. So they're investigating solar. He says, but the capital cost of, of installing solar is just prohibitive. You know, it just take them away. They can't afford it. And, and he says, you know, within a few months, they'll be gone. Huh. And I'm quoting this. So, so you're getting these stories all along, and this is the this is the consequence of of uh, what are headlines, you know, nothing more you know, than than um, load shedding. But I mean, it's absolutely killing our market. It's killing this country. It's killing Joburg. Joburg, Lindy, you can go. I had to go from Sampton yes. to just say goodbye to my brother, who's going back to Australia. He was in um, Sydney. Now, it's, a, it's not a long journey, but it's suburban. You know, I'm not driving on a highway. I'm going through the suburb. Yeah, I know. There Sydney. wasn't yeah. one traffic light. There wasn't one set of traffic lights that worked. You know, now every traffic light, every robot you go to, stop, wait, you know, cars are coming. And, I mean, you can't drive like that. It's every few meters. And, it's you know, it's just it's hideous. Nothing mm. works. So there are no cops. There's absolutely no on the road to assist you, even at some of the busiest intersections in Santon or wherever. You know, and there are on Louis Botha Avenue or wherever it is. So there's almost uh, given up. Even the authorities have given up and said, ah, you know, we can't do anything about it. Let's just leave it. So yeah. I, it, it's when you ask me about the South African economy, I'm saying these. This is what businesses are fighting. This is how. This is what they're fighting up, you know, against to survive. It's interesting you, know, you talk about the robots because a friend of mine started a business. You may remember they used to have pointsmen at major yeah. intersections, mm. motorcycle mm. pointsmen, and it was a thriving business. So she yeah. thought of the concept. She went to the local authorities and to um, one of the major insurance companies as well because it obviously benefits them and started up and it was going so well and so well for years. And then the municipality, I don't know if there was a change of regime or something, or the mayor's office says, no, I'm sorry, you've got to give away a certain uh, percentage to uh, to your employees, which is fine, right. but uh, also you've got to employ more black people and you've got to step down as CEO and we'd like this person to take it over. And eventually... Because of because of this, she just said no, no, thanks very much, oh, no, and no, she no. she cashed in what she could, oh, no. and then no, she went no. to Mauritius to enjoy the fruits of her labour and uh, yeah. hard working entrepreneurship, and she sits there now and she says, thank goodness I did that, and I, obviously the business has gone bust under new yeah. management, I think. No, there is. I, I remember those points, Ben, and there's nothing here. There's nothing. There, there's there's no one. You know what happened? Some of the the vagrants or beggars sometimes put on a hat and 
and go into the middle of the road and start conducting traffic, which yeah, is quite that, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, yeah that sounds it's, safe. It's hysterical. Well, it is. You know, they, at least they're doing it and, and what have Because, look, what it does is it slows down traffic. I mean, it makes traffic unnegotiable, you know, just like um, it is. It, the backups are enormous because it's one car at a time where there's no flow to the traffic at all. Now, I, when I say I say it with heavy heart, because um, you know that there's been a change. They kicked the mayor out uh, all over politics in Johannesburg, and a party with 9,000 votes or something has elected the mayor. It's a terrorist party. I can't even pronounce their name. And, I mean, that's how ludicrous politics have become here. So you're virtually running yourself. You know, people, the, uh, the, the country is running itself. You have to make alternative um, you, you've got to have plan B for electricity, you've got to have plan B for water, and, and, and so it goes. And um, it's, yes, you've got a parallel market. I mean, you've got, oh, and I got this from Julieta, you know, she calls it a parallel universe where you've got the market going up and companies going up, you know, whether it's Clicks or ShopRite and Spa and Woolies, all enjoying gains on the market. But, but underneath that, you've got an economy which is literally just disintegrating at the found, you know, its foundations are just disintegrating. Yeah, well, I spoke to Joanne Bainham last week. I said, Mark is doing well. How's it going there? She said exactly the same. She didn't use the phrase parallel universe, which is Lindsay, 60% of the JSC derives most of its income from overseas. The 40% mm. remaining is, uh, you know, some of it's doing okay. Some of the retailers doing all right and uh, the banks doing just fine. But um, otherwise, it's not representative of what's going on above the market, the macro mm. position mm. and the political. How mm. could they not? Surely after, when was it, 1994 that we achieved democracy? How long is that yeah. now? Yeah. It's, it's 20, 20, it's 29 years. 20, is it yeah. 29 years? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was In the April first election. 29 years, yeah. Mm. And it's, it's getting mm. worse it's rather than better. Mm. 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 No, it's getting worse. I'm not, I don't, you know what? We, it's, um, you, you know, you cannot believe that people who are elected, I mean, uh, carry on this way, because this is all about being empowered. By being empowered gives you the ability to steal. I can't say it in, in any kind of decent way. I can't couch it. Um, the reason you want to be powered because it gives you muscle. It gives you muscle to decide on who gets a contract and so on, exactly in the same way as your friend who started the pointsman, mm. um, you know, found. So that continues. There's no desire to improve anything. Every deal or every transaction that takes place at government level ha is a, you know, there's a rent seeker somewhere along the line. You know, David, um, um, when I first started yeah. my podcast, I went to the editor of a quite well-known online publication that has a, a business aside to it as well. Yeah. And I went to this fellow, you'd know him uh, because you've worked at Business Day and everything, or you submit to Business Day. And I said, okay, here's a, an example of a podcast. And I sent a podcast that was with, oh, what's his name now? Anyway, it'll, it'll come to me. And in the podcast, he says the ANC is a terrorist organization. And the editor phoned me up and he swore at me. And he says, no, I don't want your stupid podcast. But he said some really, really <laughs> nasty things about it. And you've just used that word as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. I, I, I don't hold back. I'm not, I don't say this proudly and nor do I say this politically. You know, I'm talking from a business person's perspective. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking. And, and I cannot believe that, that the people in power that 
that someone like Cyril Ramaphosa, who, with who, for whom I had the utmost respect, having met him in the 90s, you know, uh, when I say having been to seminars, had him talk at our seminars and so on, and uh, the respect I had for the people in power who came into power in 94, knew most of them. Yeah. And uh, really believed that they were committed to to changing the course of South Africa. We were very proud of where we were at that point and what South Africa represented in the world. And subsequent to that, it's just disintegrated, you know. Um, and it's just honestly to deteriorate to a point where infrastructure has decayed, you know, having had, having inherited as much as we can criticize the nationalist government or the previous government and they had a vile system no one would ever support that but they did leave infrastructure which was worth maintaining and which gave the new government that came in in 94 a head start on anybody else whether it was water whether it was electricity whatever it was you know the education whatever the schools they were there all they needed to, you know, one needed to do is improve them and to adjust them to uh, the new government's views. And since then, it's too terrible. The army, the air force, you name it, all of those things. And uh, when you see the quality, you see what's left of that today, you can cry. And it goes as far as like the National Art Museum, or art, you know, which is in Jaber Park in Joburg. Yes. I mean, you see stories which were covered by um, covered by carte blanche, and you know, just to see what's happened to institutions like that is just so sad. I wouldn't go to Joubert Park, uh, even no, to see no, a fan no, off or something. No, I wouldn't go near the place. No, absolutely not there. But nevertheless, there were works of art which could have been transported somewhere else or a museum set up somewhere else. But um, I, I just, I just find it so sad because it's, it is. and this is uh, very, very sad. You know, that's that's why I look down here, I look out my window as I talk to you. You know, Corley Drive is a very, very busy, it's a very busy place. I know. There's no load shedding. There's no, you know, my lights are on. Everything's working now. There's no load shedding, but there's not a robot here that's working. It's no good. David, you know, talking about infrastructure, I conducted an interview Mm. with an investment specialist at one of the major asset managers in Cape Town this morning. It was a a well-written piece, which I had to comment upon, and I did so. And then just before I started the podcast on the BBC, they had this feature on this tunnel they're building underground between South East London and South West London. And it's mm. a vast, vast uh, feat of engineering. It's, it, it's huge, this thing. And it was given to a contractor in 2019. They started work in 2020. It'll take eight years, so another four or five years uh, to go. But what it is, is I just read the commentary and it says... We're building this tunnel in order to rewire the city because of the anticipated rise in electricity demand in London over the next few decades. So they're saying, okay, we've got the trends here. Let's build this thing and spend how many billions of pounds? I don't know how much it is, but quite a lot of money. Whereas in South Africa, even though you wait, you can't fix it when it's broken. You don't look forward at all. It's just crisis management all the time. This is all the time. And the problem is that nobody in government or any level of authority wants to get their hands dirty and get involved. Nobody actually wants. And you start, you know, you can't, you start repairing this place literally block by block, you know, street by street. 
<coughs> that's how you start. And you've got to show the commitment to do so. But there's been absolutely nothing from government, nothing. And, you know, that, that's what's absolutely astonished us. We haven't heard from Ramaphosa uh, for I don't know how long. He has not addressed the nation, nothing. We haven't heard him on TV. We haven't heard a word out of his mouth. So you lost. You, you said you respected him. No. You respected him before. No. And you had a lot of admiration for him. To me, no. the analogy yeah. would be, as we're both football uh, supporters, it would be, you know, Frank Lampard was absolutely brilliant on the pitch. He was a great uh, Chelsea and England midfielder, scored lots of goals, and he was passionate. And that's like when Mr. Ramaphosa was in a lesser role at the, at the yeah. ANC, and he was doing really, really well, from what I understand. Yeah. And then he becomes the manager and get sacked twice that's what frank happened yeah. to frank lampard yeah. it's just like ramaphosa yeah. except he won't be sacked yeah he won't get sacked though he, he actually but but you put it to put it another way um you know uh, as a manager he's turned out to as a as when he was head of the numsa which was the national union of man yeah. workers he was brilliant he negotiated people feared him he was actually Mandela, Mandela's chosen uh, successor and uh, never made it. You know, in came Becky and he went into business. He amassed a huge amount of money. Yes. But you still had to be astute. You know, he's, he's an astute businessman. But as a, as a leader, as a president, I'm afraid he's failed miserably. Nice, charming man, uh, but uh, totally inept. And everybody around him has, has proved equally inept uh, every, at, in every department. And, and I think people now, I doubt whether if they had an election today that uh, the ANC would win. You know, I just, I just think that it's, it, that's how bad it's become. You know, it's uh, even those loyal supporters who sing the freedom songs, you know, and who recall even the elder, you know, old, older people and that. Um, I don't think would vote for him simply because of absolute inability to do anything and to address what have now proven to be extreme crises. You know, and it's at every level. Service delivery is virtually disintegrated. You know, there is it's it's not bad. It's just non-existent. All right, let's move on to the markets now, David. Yeah. Just looking yeah. down one, there's only one thing that really stands out. We've had a couple of trading updates, Pan-African Resources, but that's not one of your stocks, down 6.6%. Yeah, uh, yeah. um, did you look at it? I haven't. I'm going to. Okay. I just, I just, I, but why I want to look at it is that um, I got an email from a friend of mine who's uh, um, a broker, who was a broker, and he said that's the best gold mine that exists, you know, and he was taking bets with me on certain companies. So I said, I don't need to win or lose a bet for a lunch. I said, I'm happy to take you to lunch if you come here. Yes. But, I mean, why I say that is that it was pointed out to me. As, uh, and, and I don't know what went wrong with it. I don't know why it's down like it is. No, but not, I will look at nor it do too. I. Mm. Okay, the other one, second on the list was Capital and Counties, and the share price reacting quite nicely, up 3 and a third percent on my screen at the moment. Mm. Yeah, not one of your property There's companies. Hammerson generally, yeah, generally, you know, Hammerson has been uh, doing pretty well as well. So I don't know what the uh, whether there is a belief that finally at these very low levels, you know, that that capital and counties is going to come right. I mean, it's it's had a torrid, torrid time um, from Brexit to COVID, and uh, yet you know London better than I do. 
you know exactly where um, you know where where Capital and Counties is. Yes, I'm not sure you're going to get any better property in in London than Covent Garden. Are. Yeah, Covent Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So somewhere down the line, someone's going to rediscover this, and perhaps. Um, but for the meantime, it's <laughs> it, it, it's still battling along. And to think that Covent Garden was going to be demolished and um, high-rise high um, housing was going to be put in there. It was a whisker away from being demolished and it was saved by some forward-thinking person, um, you know, which it would have been a terrible tragedy. I loved Covent Garden. It was, um, it was brilliant, even before, it, <laughs> even, before, sheer, yeah. even before it became a retail magnet. Mm. But, but to give you an idea, this is a company that, uh, I just looked quickly at a chart that reached over 50 rand a share back in 2019. You know, four years later, this is about 24 odd rand. Yeah, just over 24. So it's half. And it's, you know, it's creeping and it's struggling, but it's got a long way to go yeah. uh, to make up. I, I, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, these companies are going to, uh, you know, be worth buying. I don't know when. But um, I always like to keep an eye on them just for that, you know, perhaps for that day. Okay. The other one, of course, uh, save the worst till last, and that's NAMPAC. Voluntary yeah, trading yeah. update for the three months to 31st of December. It tends to be a volatile company, and not only because mm. of the business it's in, but also because it's a quarterly reporter. It, the share price was below 100 cents at one stage, and I thought, this is just a penny stock now. It's been yeah, a penny stock yeah, for a while. It is a penny stock. It's a, to give you to put it in perspective. They, I can't understand them. I mean, and why? Why I say that? It's like I suppose uh, to use the the you know the football analogy. Mm. It's like a, a, a Sunderland or some of these big sides that were once ran you know once were top of the Premier League, it's and rich. suddenly you find that they're in Division. You know, Division Two, mm. which is the fourth league or something. You know, so what happened? And and this is a company that was that you know when I was in the market in the 80s and 90s dominated the industrial market. It was a superb business, and I don't know what's gone wrong. I mean, yes, it's a case study, but it has a value today of six, seven hundred million. Now, why do I say that? Why? I'm, sorry, yeah, seven hundred million. Why do I say that? Is that they're having a rights issue of one point five billion? So they need to raise three times their market value, or sorry, well, twice. They need to raise, yeah, three times uh, to get them back on track. Yes. You know, to take, which will hopefully take their equity value up to, you know, two billion or something. But that this is a six hundred ninety million rand capital gives you an idea. Of, of how far they have fallen. Yeah, it's very small. I mean, it sounds and, like a lot of money, but yeah. it's really not. It's tiny. Nothing. David? No. Um, no, this is, yeah, it's a really sad situation. I see some other results came out. It's all came oh, out while that. we started talking. Yeah, okay. no, it, it came out at 4 o'clock. Also, just seems that uh, earnings are down. I just had a quick look at their numbers. That you know, that's come under a bit of pressure. Um, I mean, their, their operations, it's always admired them. I've always liked um, this business. It's fallen a bit. Um, it's, it's slightly. Well, listen, this is a seventeen and a half billion business, so it's still a a, a fairly decent operation. But um, I, I, you're going to find you're going to find results tough, man. There's, I think there's Elfman as well. Elf, I haven't looked at it. That's this tin mine. No, this is uh, yeah, this is a tin mine somewhere in the Congo. You know? uh, it says here, yeah, Alpha Min announces record annual tin production and yeah. EBITDA 
guidance of declaration, etc. dividend, share price down 1.4%. David, I've got to uh, start to move on a bit. I'm Go sorry ahead. about Arsenal and the fact that you won't be able to go to Wembley. Yeah. They didn't look quite their best on Friday against Manchester City. I think I, that, they weren't bad. I no. think they, they played some new youngsters or some new signings in there. And uh, they, look, they were playing away. They were playing at Man City against the top team in the Premier League. You know, you can't take anything away from Pep. He's got a depth of uh, of a squad. They didn't do badly. You know? no. I mean, but uh, I, I wonder if it's a priority. I wonder if they really, you know, regretted that or not. I don't know. I don't know what's don't, in Arteta's I, head. I think they, they do because Arteta was, of course, schooled mm. by oh, Mr. Guardiola. Guardiola yeah. um, so he has that, that sort of winning instinct instilled in him. And I think yeah. in the first half, the, when City were really rubbish and Arsenal were in the yeah. ascendancy, I thought they, Arsenal could have got a couple mm. and, and killed mm. the game off then. But uh, mm. no, it wasn't to be. Elsewhere, I think yeah. the match of the weekend was uh, last night. You probably didn't watch it. Well, uh, excellent. Of course I watched it. Did you watch it? Isn't it <laughs> yeah. lovely? Isn't it lovely that, I mean, isn't it lovely that Ryan Reynolds yeah. has transformed that town yeah. by putting his own money right. in? And he's got other investors as well. But it's such a good story. And he, he gets in his private jet or uh, a net jet or something. Flies in an hour before the game, celebrates a bit afterwards, and goes goes back to his jet and flies back to New York. What a life! Yeah, no, no. But I, I, I was so sad because they they let this goal in with about two minutes, you know, an extra time. I mean, they were up three two, and I just say, hang on, hang on. I just saw it going in. Listen, Sheffield's a, a championship team. They were They're second in Premier League at that. Yeah. No, yeah. no. They're going to get promoted. So that, no. essentially you're playing what and will yeah, be in... your Premier League company. Premier, no. Premier League team. I mean, team, uh, team. yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> they were great. They were great. You know, it's funny that you can find... You know something? When you look at the quality of footballers in, a, in the UK, you know, in the league, they super, there are no bad footballers. No. I can't explain you know what I mean? They all—they were great, Rixon. Uh, you know, I'm just—I just hope they can pull it through this year and just—I got well go up to League Two for you know. Anyway, <laughs> and I hope to, I hope um, such a lovely story. It is a lovely story, and that replay, um, uh, yeah. whenever it is next week, is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And I hope they take a few yeah. thousand of their supporters yeah. and back them. I still got a feeling yeah. they might do it, but we'll see. Anyway, David, I must. Dash. I know Rixon. I know Rixon because they once put Arsenal out of the FA Cup. Oh. Still sits in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> let it go, David. <laughs> Don't let it rankle anymore. We've had enough years of that. Okay. <sighs> David Shapiro is from Sasson Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.